Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. I do appreciate you being with me here on this Wednesday, January 16th, 2019. I'm Steve Peasley, and every day we make the same commitment to you, and that commitment is to give you unbiased information to try to help you become an above average investor. And to help you achieve that goal, I try to give you as honest, straightforward answers as I can that are not too cluttered with, you know, invest talk or invest or Wall Street talk where you don't understand what the heck we're talking about. So I try to give it to you in straight, easy to understand bits. And probably a lot of you think I should not give it so easy and you want more complex. Well, it's hard. It's a balancing act for me. And of course, we the main thing we do here on the show is answer your questions. Our anytime, our anytime listener line number is 888-99-CHART. We're live right now, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. And this morning, the market opened up again. It was up. The all Dow 30 were pretty much up. It gave a little bit of that back by the end of the day, but the Dow ended up 141 points. And NASDAQ was only up 11, and the S&P was only up 6. So it wasn't a big day for the broader market. But the big stocks work pretty good. The Dow 30, they work pretty nicely. Um, and I see that we're right at around 2,600 uh, on the S&P 500. The 2,600 to 2,650 points right in around that range is where I think you're going to see a pause. Because it's bounced up from the very bad December and it's retraced by about 50% of that bounce. And... The Fibonacci numbers are telling me this is the area it's going to probably slow down. And we got to see if it can break up. It's going to be a little bit difficult for the market, I think. So, remember yesterday we were talking about Wells Fargo, Citibank, and Chase all dropped off like a cliff. The, the mortgage applications dropped off like a cliff for those guys. And uh, some of it was over 50% of it was being... Uh, was because of uh, non-bank institution, lending tree, you know, those kind of companies. This morning, they announced some numbers, earnings numbers, and they were much better than expected. So apparently that drop-off in mortgage is not nearly as impactful on their bottom lines as you might or I might have been led you to believe, and I thought myself. It's kind of interesting how that works out. So that was uh, that was the bank's. Uh, reporting this morning, crude oil output is expected to rise to a new record, 12 million barrels per day, 12 million this year sometime, 12 million barrels, that, you know, that means we are the largest oil producer out there, right, in the world, and oil is about $52 a barrel, so does that mean we're going to have more oil out there than we need, we already have more oil out there than we need right now. And gold seems to be moving up slowly. It's at what? Between twelve eighty and thirteen hundred dollars an ounce. I think it was twelve ninety four today. Been coming off a bottom. You remember gold goes up when the dollar weakens. Is the dollar weak? 
is a dollar week. And, you know, some would say, if you're looking at the dollar, and you can look at the dollar by typing in ETF UUP, and you can see that it's been strong, moving up most of last year, and peaked in December, but it's not, it's fallen off from the peak. But it does, I can't tell you that it's weak. So what's making gold go up? What's driving gold up? In actuality, the dollar is weaker than it appears to be. But that's a very convoluted discussion. But that's what's going on today. Um, and as you know, you know, there's there's a lots of news. It always comes out. Uh, you know, we got a lot of headwinds with the political dysfunction here in the U.S. with our partial government shutdown, political dysfunction in Britain when they couldn't vote and get that Brexit vote passed. I don't, you know, I'm going to talk about that later on to, in this hour. So we got and we got China's who's whose uh, industrial production has fallen off. Yeah, there's there's headwinds out there. There's headwinds out there. Build, home builders, we you know st- we get economic statistics every day. Home Builders Association put out an ex- economic statistic today. And notice that's not a government statistic because the government's partial shut down. We're not getting all the statistics we normally get. But anyway, the Home Builders Association come out with their sentiment report and it was up a couple ticks. Now that sentiment has been fallen, fallen for almost a year, and now it seems like uh, it might be it might be leveling out, and that might be because of a couple of weeks ago when the Federal Reserve took a less hawkish attitude. Remember December they increased the rates and they said they were going to do it two more times in 2019. But when January came along and they were looking at the numbers, they kind of backed off of that a little bit. Didn't say they're not going to raise the rates. It just kind of said it's not they, that they might not, you know, do it as anytime soon. Hmm. I think they won't do it anytime at all. I said that last time they raised the rates. We'll see. Netflix reported earnings after hours tomorrow. You know, they raised the rates. I think it's probably going to be pretty good. Anyway, those are some of the highlights of the day. But, of course, your questions drive the show. Where do you want to go with it? What kind of questions did you have? You know, that that's what makes this interesting for me is talking to you. So, please get, get your dialing fingers ready. You can call our number, ask our any question you want, as long as it's financial, at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve. Hey, Justin. My name's Evan. I'm calling from Portsmouth, Virginia. And I had a question about Dogs of the Dow. I hear you talk about it all the time on your shows. And I know it's January, so it's about that time. But I didn't know if you had any recommendations for an ETF or maybe a mutual fund that tracks that theory or strategy. Be looking forward to hearing your answer on the show. Thanks again. Bye. I actually I actually think there's an ETF that it's Dogs of the Dow. That they, they, they do the, the Dogs of the Dow as an ETF. I, for some reason, I vaguely remember that. I've never looked it up or anything because, you know, if I was going to do it, I'd do the actual stocks. But, you know, the, if you the, doing it through an ETF, there's nothing wrong with that. Problem with it is ETF has an expense ratio. It's cheap, but it's still expense, you know, annual expense ratio. But I believe there is. I'll, uh, you know, maybe if I can get to it on the break, I'll see if I can look it up and tell you what the ETF is. But I believe there is one out there called Dogs of the Dow. Dogs of the Dow, people, is a trading strategy. It's been around for almost as long as the Dow has been around. 
And of course, the Dow's been around longer, over well, well over 120 years. So, so um, and what it is is you buy the highest yielding dividend yields, the highest yielding ten, the ten highest yielding stocks of the Dow 30. So it's 30 stocks. You're going to buy the 10 highest yielding, lowest price stocks. And so what what the the, the philosophy is is that these are big blue chip stocks. They're not going anywhere. And if they're the highest yielding, that probably means that the stock price was uh, was depressed, and that the following year after that, usually those stock prices will go up. If they are on the dogs of Dow again the second year, by the way. They didn't change at all this year. In 2000, from last year to this year, the same dogs of the Dow. That just means you still do, you still hold on to them. If a couple of them change, you sell the ones that are no longer the highest yielding and buy the highest yielding too. You know, and you just manage the portfolio that way and you ignore it for the whole year. Just ignore it. That's kind of the dogs of the Dow. You can look it up yourself. This is the Best Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. My Northern California portfolio consultation date is getting close and getting close to being full. So I'll be returning to San Jose on January 23rd, and that's one week from today. Space is limited, but if you register soon, we can find time to meet. I think I can get you in there. We'll find you a slot. I can show you how to improve your portfolio performance, hopefully, and it's a no-cost portfolio review everybody you register now on investtalk.com our anytime listener line is never closed and at the moment i am live i'm here to take your calls live 888-99-CHART this is invest talk the kpp premium newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox on fridays provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. And uh, the, the symbol for the Dogs of Dow ETF is DOD. DOD. So that is an exchange traded fund that tracks the dogs of the Dow. DOD. Now, main talking point today at least one expert believes that the markets will be directed or strongly influenced by the dollar, the US dollar, and China. And I don't think he's wrong there. I really don't think he's wrong. It might not be the only ones that will be strongly influenced uh, this year, but it's they are probably up there. So, and things are likely to get worse before they get better. But the greenback and Asian nations' economies are pretty good leading economic indicators. So, we'll look at the story here. Also, Susie Orman says you need 5 million, maybe 10 million to retire comfortably. What? 5 million, 10 million? Let's see what she's talking about there. And the Brexit vote was. made and that uh, was rejected by the uh, by the politicians in Britain. So what are the options now? What are, what are they going to do now? They basically have three options, really. But we'll talk about that. And we still want to talk about the earnings. S&P 500 wanted to talk about it yesterday. I want to talk about the, future, the current earnings and the look forward earnings and 
Because remember, stock prices are always driven by earnings or the prospect of earnings. You know, because everybody's trying to look forward, they try to guess what it's going to be. And they could be totally wrong, but generally they're pretty accurate. But I find I always noticed, and this is something you really need to pay attention to, the experts at the beginning of a quarter of a quarterly earnings season. So here we are, the quarterly, right at the beginning of the quarter for the quarterly earnings season. At the beginning, they always overestimate what the quarter is going to be. And then they ratchet it down all throughout the quarter. And they seem to always have it below what the earnings actually come in at. The average is about 70% of the companies beat their earnings expectations. Well, who's guiding those? Who's guiding those expectations? Who's telling us about the expectations? Well, those are the Wall Street experts. In other words, I don't want to call them liars. That's probably a bit too strong. How about manipulators? That's probably a better term. They like to manipulate the numbers to manipulate you into believing that companies are doing better and they need to buy stocks. Try it. I want you to just, I've been doing this a long time. I want you just to open your eyes that Wall Street, the quote-unquote experts, are not necessarily your friends. They're their, they are their own friends. Their, their employers are their friends. They're trying to make their employers happy, not you. They're trying to get your money. Simple as that. That's what it is. And I don't want to be cynical. I'm not trying to be cynical. I'm just trying to be, you know, as factual as I can. They, even if they don't do it on purpose, they do manipulate the numbers. They, you know, maybe they maybe they honestly feel they have to lower the numbers, you know, because the numbers are not looking great. I don't, I'm just, I'm just, it's been my, it's been my experience, Okay that they consistently start high at the beginning of the quarter of the estimates and go down. For the, When they estimate what's going to be like for the year, they start very high and ratchet it down all year long. They always try to beat the energy estimates when earnings are reported. And why is it 70% of the time that, they're, that the companies, 70% of the time, beat their earnings estimates? Why? If any of the information discussed in today's program raises further questions, please give me a call. That's what we want. We want you to call and ask questions. The number is 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve Peasley will return to San Jose January 23rd. That's a week from today to conduct portfolio reviews for InvestTalk listeners. If you act quickly, you can reserve your appointment with Steve. Go to investtalk.com, click on Portfolio Review, then register. There is no cost. And now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to John in Santa Cruz. How are you doing, John? Good, Steve. How are you? Good. Thank you for the call. Um, yes. Uh, I'd like to ask you about Western Digital and Seagate. I don't know if you like one over the other, and if you think this is a good time to 
buy it or buy them. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll t- we'll talk about Western Digital since we did buy recently Western Digital about a month ago or so. Uh, right as it huh? seems like it was coming off of the bottom. Um, they've been downgraded by somebody and they cut their dividend. So that's why they had a little bump here a couple, three days ago. But I have trouble. When I look at Western Digital, you know, it's been around a long time. And I look at a P ratio of less than 10. And, you know, they don't have much debt. Return on equity 39%. And they've fallen from... What eighty dollars, a hundred dollars a share, uh, down to thirty-seven. Uh, if you believe that Western Digital is here for the long run, and Western Digital, everybody makes hard disk, solid-state drives, desktop and notebook computer drives, enterprise applications. They got their hands, their hands in a lot of different things. But I think this is the area that you want to pick them up. You know that this is a good time to be a buyer of these types of companies when they've been beaten up so much so we bought this one we haven't bought very many but we bought western digital i like the the macd is showing good strength coming from bottom and as the macd has been moving up ever since it hit a bottom in november and then the stock continued to fall but the macd is higher now than it was back then but the price is falling so you have some divergence good divergence there i kind of like what i see and I like the company's very strong. So I, I kind of like Western Digital. I'm not uh, as keen on Seagate. I haven't sped up, studied that one in as much. John, appreciate the call. Thank you. WDC is Western Digital, everybody. James in Sonoma. How you doing, James? Well, we're doing okay. I'm, um, I'm just recently retired. And we're rebalancing my okay. portfolio. And we're sitting here looking at international uh, stocks. And one of the things that interested me was the... Um, uh, BYMI, the Vanguard International High Dividend Yield Fund, because I always like dividends. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm wondering right. if this is the time to buy this. Uh, about 25% of it's <clears throat> invested in Britain. But uh, I'm just looking for something because it has a high dividend. This is something that would go in my, uh, would be balanced to my IRA. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And um, would probably still be there 20 well, years from now. We're essentially buying it for the dividend. Okay. The dividend is very secure. I mean, it's 4.1%. This is Vanguard International High Dividend Yield. ETF seeking investment results corresponding to the FTSE All World X US, in other words, outside the United States, High Dividend Yield Index. So, yeah, I, I think it's a good investment for the dividend. I do. Uh, VYMI, it's Vanguard, and I like Vanguard because they're low price. Vanguard has a number of dividend-paying ETFs. Um, if you send me uh, an email, James, I will send you a, a short list of uh, dividend-paying ETFs. That's why they concentrate on dividends. And, and I think there one or two Vanguard, not this one, but other Vanguard high-dividend uh, uh, ETFs are in there. So... I do like Vanguard. I think it's a good place. And, you know, China got beat up all year. The stock markets in Europe weren't, weren't, weren't working very well. And, you know, when things get beaten up, that's kind of when you want to look at it. This thing was trading at $65 or so, $66 a year ago. Fell to 55 and now it's at 58 So I think it's a good area to buy. I do. You know, 
I do. James, first rate to call. V-Y-M-I is the symbol, everybody. A couple of minutes ago, a listener named Barbara called in a question about DOG. She'd like me to make a comment on that. So, DOG, D-O-G, that might be the dogs of the Dow, too. Let's take a look. That's the ProShares, oh, short Dow, 30. So, it's same traded funds corresponding to the inverse performance of the Dow Jones Industrial. This is shorting the Dow. In other words, if the Dow Jones goes down, this will go up in the exact opposite and exact same percentage, or almost exactly same percentage. So obviously it spiked, the spiked in December because the Dow spiked down. This spiked up. And now since January started, this is falling down, just like the Dow has been falling, going up. Now, it's a good hedge. This is to be used, these short ETFs are to be used as hedges uh, if you want to protect your holdings and how big of a hedge depends on your philosophy. You know, how much do I want to hedge? Um, at this point, as I said, I think we're going to see some hesitation at the numbers. Um, I, I think we might be getting close to the uh, inflection point where the numbers, are the, the indexes are going to have a hard time breaking up. Some kind of catalyst has to come along. And it could be, you know, agreement with China. It could be better earnings than expected. Something, something, something has to come along. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, great things are expected for the FANG stocks in 2019. Hmm. The recent price decline and expected growth ahead could create big opportunities. We'll explain that tomorrow. But for, but for now, I'm Steve Peasley. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Invest Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go to research tool? Y Charts. It's a cloud based financial research platform. It is indispensable. Y Charts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use Y Charts every day. Y Charts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts. This is InvestTalk, the KPP premium newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays 
provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay. The greenback in the Asian nation's economy, China in particular, may be a leading indicator. Maybe. So will the markets be directed by what direction or will the market be influenced or go and depending on what direction the dollar and the China market goes, the stock markets and their economy. The dollar, you know, is probably peaking. We think it's peaking. So if it falls, what, who benefits? What, what benefit is that? Actually, that benefits most of the Asian countries if the dollar falls. Okay. You know, it also helps our companies export, right? But, of course, we have a big battle with China at this point. So, you know, the, the, the rubber band has expanded to its full length, and now it has bounced, right? Markets are calming down after the classic, you know, stretching of the markets up and then coming down hard. And, I, and I'll point to the FANG stocks in 2018. Um, and now the market is having that bounce, that rebounce, from that overstretch. Now, let's all put that behind us. What, what is going to be the drivers of the market for the rest of the year? What's going to drive it? How, how's, how, you know, earnings are the drivers of all market. Now, earnings are going to go down this year for U.S. corporations. It's clearly, clearly they're going to go down this year. When I say go down, I just mean that the growth rates are going to go down. They're still going to grow. But the rate of growth is going to be much less. Why? Because remember in last year, there is, we had a huge growth of profits because of the tax reduction and, the, and you know, the Trump administration's effort to try to spark the economy and the industrial production and things. And that worked. But that, all that great benefit is probably done, and now the comparisons, year-over-year comparisons, are not going to look good this year. So that's what I mean when I say the the growth rate is is falling. It has already fallen, definitely clearly going to be falling. But there's going to be benefits if the dollar falls, and there's going to be benefits if China, now China's already been in big trouble all, all last year. Their stock market was in a bear market all year. Their economy has been slowing sharply, you know, for the last quarter or two. We know that. They know that. And they've already taken steps to try to infuse uh, liquidity into their economy. And I would not bet against them. I would not bet against them as far as being able to reliquify. Remember, that is not a free economic system. They can dictate. And this is going to bite them pretty hard some at some point in the future. They're going to get bit really hard. It's going to bite them in the backside. But they can use all that surplus, that trade surplus money they have, and they can use it to try to bump up their economy and very easily make overbuild like they've been doing for a long, long time. 
putting the and but that will spark the economy. If it sparks their economy, it sparks the Asian economy. And then that comes back and reflects on us. The one that looks not so healthy to me really is the EU. I don't. I that that looks like the the worst. And Japan doesn't look all that healthy. So I think if we're going to get any kind of spark in the world economy, it's going to come from our dollar being weaker and the trade agreement going through it sometime this year, and China be successful in reigniting their economy. And I think those three things are probable for this year. Let's go to Will in San Diego. How you doing, Will? Oh, pretty good, Steve. Um, I was wondering if you could take a look at the fundamentals for I-O-N-S and tell me what you think of if it's worth buying okay. or not. Okay. This is Ionis Pharmaceuticals. It's out of Carlsbad, California, right down the street from me. It's a $7.8 billion company. It's bigger than you think. They have never made money except for next year. So they've been a loser of money year after year after year per share. I'm talking about earnings per share. But next year, they're going to make $0.39 cents a share. Sales growth has been pretty good, 20% or so in the last two or three quarters. Uh, so they've been selling stuff, but they just never made profits until they are scheduled to make profits next year. Fundamentally, they're very expensive, Will. It's an expensive stock. I see. Well, if they're only going to make because at thirty nine cents next year, I mean, yeah. how could the stock yeah. be worth what it what it's selling for now? Well, that's a very good question, and it's all based on the news. This would be a story stock. What is the news out there? Most likely, they have. You know, I'm checking real fa- real fast. Maybe a rare disease, uh, biotech stock plunge on its looming. Three top buys to buy, and so it's it's uh, it probably I can't see real fast, but it's probably on news, uh, good news about some drugs that they have in the pipeline. In other words, it's the story. The story sounds yeah. very good, and so that story is driving the stock. Everybody wants to get ahead of everybody else. Personally, I wouldn't buy it because it's just too expensive. Will thirty nine cents a share. And that's the first year they're ever going to make money. It's a fifty-seven dollar stock. I mean, I mean, that's a hundred, uh, hundred and twenty PE, uh, and the debt is almost two hundred percent. No, see, it's not. Uh, it's not a wise. Fundamentally, it's it's too scary for me. Too weak. Okay, Bill. I O N S everybody. I'd have to find out that news that whatever's driving it has to be super good news before I would consider it. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live at the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time every weekday. And it's also available 24 hours a day, seven days a week via archive podcast at investtalk at investtalk.com. So I hope you'll tell your friends and family members and anybody else that might be interested or has an interest in investing about us so that they can decide for themselves after listening to it. So please let them know. Um, Let's see. Oh, our number. We are taking your financial investing questions live. 888-99-CHART. 
You are listening to Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. If, to any degree, you are ever unsure about the consistency of your skill set with regard to managing your portfolio, it may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for their individualized guidance. You can start with a no-obligation phone call to the KPP Financial Office in Dana Point, California, or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. You can call with questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen and Justin, how you doing? Ben here from New York. I've called in several times. You guys have always answered, and your answers have always positively impacted my investing. So thank you very much. A quick question. We just started 2019. Do you think by 2020, in other words, this year, the stock market major indexes will produce a better than 6% return. I ask because I'm investing all the time in the market, but I have an opportunity to do like a hard money lens where the person will give me 6% back in one year. It's a fully vetted individual. I think it's a good opportunity, but I want to see what you think if the stock market will beat that or not. Thanks, guys. I'm a loyal listener, and I'm investing in the market all the time with your advice. Appreciate it. Bye. Well, for 2018, back in January of that year, so a year ago today, I said that the this year was going to that 2018 year was going to be a difficult year. It looks like my call was wrong all the way up until about December, and then the market fall. For 2019, I, I write an annual letter to all my clients every year. Every year, the annual letter I prognosticate. I try not to give them a number because it's hard and it is super hard and you're going to be wrong. So I try not to give an actual number and I always give, you know, something in in uh, perspectives about how the market generally performs and, you know, the average the return on the market is 8 to 10% a year. And will it give us back 8 to 10% this year? And I think it very possible could be above 5%, but below 10%. I think it's going to be in that range. One of the reasons is because it got beat up so much in December. Worst December in history. So we get to start from a kind of a lower base. But there's no big drivers coming out in 2019 to drive the market higher. And so I see I see a, a difficult road. The Federal Reserve, to, for my prediction to come to, the Federal Reserve has to stop raising rates. Has to stop. Um, and, you know, this is what I said in my annual letter. So we, we need to have the Federal Reserve on our side because they're reducing liquidity. Now, they're also they're doing it kind of back, back door already by letting their balance sheet run off. Then that reduces liquidity. And then you add that to raising interest rates, that reduces liquidity. But I think 2019, they're not going to have the excuse of inflation. Why do I say that? Because China's growth is slowing. Asia's growth is slowing. Europe's growth is slowing. I mean, we're kind of the bright spot. But I think our growth is going to slow too. Remember, what drives stocks? Price stock uh, earnings. That drives stock prices. Well, they got driven very hard down in December. That's one of the reasons, main reasons why I think we might have a positive year. I don't think we're going into recession this year. 
If we do, it might show up toward the end of the year. But I don't think we're going to go into it. I'm not. I won't say that about 2020, though. I don't. I'm all 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 chips are off the table for 2020. Good question. No one really knows. You know. So I like the I like the fact that you're diversifying, diversifying away from the stock market. I love the stock market. Don't get me wrong. I I but I, there's you need to diversify your life totally, and. You know, doing a private loan makes me a bit nervous and depends on the conditions and everything, but I do like the fact that you're thinking about diversifying away from the market. Okay, so the Brexit deal is off because, well, let me phrase that. Brexit is going to happen. They're going to leave the EU, and the, de- the deadline is in March. Okay, so, br- so the British government, uh, Theresa May put in front of her parliament the deal that she negotiated and how and but they voted strongly against it so now they had to go back to square one and there's only they don't have a lot of choices here they got three main choices they can Theresa may can go back to brussels and renegotiate the deal but i don't know if brussels brussels is the e where the eu government is i don't know if they're going to be in a big hurry or being very accommodative they don't need to be uh, they can also, you know, go take the Norway option. Okay. I don't know if I want to get into it too much. But Britain can, can, be, <coughs> can be part of a block of countries called, Nor- and this is called the Norway option. And these are Iceland, Liechtenstein, Norway, and Switzerland, who are not part of the EU. And Britain can come become part of them. And then get out of the EU and then re-enter the EU market through this block. I mean, it's convoluted. That's going to be difficult. So we'll see. And then they, the United Kingdom, that Britain could vote to kick out Theresa May and start all over. Boy, that's going to be difficult. Another thing is they could just let the Brexit happen. And that's going to be chaos, and economic chaos. No one wants to do that. No one wants that route. But the EU can also postpone the date that they get out, right? They can, they can postpone that date. Right now it's in March. But they won't postpone it unless there's a reason to do that. So it's kind of a mess. It's, it's just a mess at this point. And just like always, Everybody waits to the last minute to actually get things done. And so uh, the, the, the Brussels government, the EU, could push back and say, hey, we're not changing the date. You guys got to better, you guys meaning Britain, you better come up with something and get this done. We'll see. We'll see if that happens. So Susie Orman says you, Orman says you need 5 to $10 million to retire. Now, I don't think that's quite true. Maybe, maybe she does, <laughs> but, and the reason why she said it, you got to read the fine point print. The reason why she said it is because she says there is financial failure due to illness, investment errors, economic calamity. So she's saying you need lots and lots, lots of money to protect you from these unknown, unknowable and unforeseen problems. That's what she's saying. 
you don't really need $5 million. I mean, depending on what part of the country in the United States you're in, you know, you can get along with much less than that. Much less. Remember, there's that old 4% rule. What's You live off 4% of your money and you probably never run out of money. Chances are very high. Well, what's 4% of your nest egg? How much is that equal to? And what else other income do you get from Social Security? This is the Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. Today is Wednesday, and I will be in San Jose next Wednesday. So if you want to register at no cost and meet with me, you need to do it pretty quickly. You just go to besttalk.com and send me an email. Okay? We still have about 10 minutes left, and I'm taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, an expert opinion, great things are expected for most FANG stocks in 2019. That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Edgar in San Diego. How you doing, Edgar? I'm fine, Steve. How are you doing? I am good, and I do really appreciate your call. Thank you. Oh, sure. Thanks for all the good advice. I was thinking about all these uh, cloud computing ETFs, in particular Sky, S-K-Y-Y. I was wondering what's your opinion for about next five years? Well, this is very interesting because this is uh, an area that we've been putting in a lot of study time into. And I think the next big growth area in in uh, in uh, earnings and stock prices will be in the cloud computing area. So I like Sky a lot. First, it's first trust cloud computing and exchange traded fund seeking performance corresponding to the cloud computing index. So here you are. You're going to get all the cloud computing stocks. Now, I have a problem, a little problem with the index because it's full of companies that, you know, cloud, cloud computing is not their main business. It's just part of their business. And it's other companies that, it, you know, it is their main business. I've been looking at individual companies. And uh, I've got a handful of maybe 10 or 12 that I really like that concentrate on cloud computing. But I think this area is, is a very strong growth area for the next five years. Okay, if somebody that, wants Edgar? to get into Sky, what would you say it's the entry point? Well, um, you know, I, as I told you or told everybody earlier on the radio, I think the market is coming up to a, a lot of resistance right now after bouncing from a very old oversold December, bounced up sharply, made it like a V bottom, has come up about halfway, and I think it's worse than where, this is the area that's going to struggle. I would feel much more comfortable, Edgar, if the market would go back down and maybe come close to retesting the lows or at least go back down for a few days and then then rise above the current price. But it, markets just don't go up and down straight in a V. It, I mean, it has happened, but it's extremely rare. So I think we, I think you got to be a little bit cautious here after it's done well for the first 15 days in January. You know, I think we need to be a little bit more cautious. I would love to see, uh, you know, a few days, uh, a week or two of weakness and then start back up again. 
That would make me feel more comfortable. But you know what? It could be a V bottom, and you know. But I do think it's. I don't think the rest. I don't think the year is going to be that great of a year. You asked me about a particular sector and a particular ETF, and I do think that's where over the next five years there's going to be a lot of growth in that area. Okay. Thanks, Edgar. Appreciate the call. Okay. Now, let's talk about, if we can, S&P 500 earnings for this last year and the year coming up. Okay. Um, for the fourth quarter, the blended growth consensus for the S&P 500 is 10.6%. That's what they thought. The fourth quarter of 2018. Remember, we're in the earnings season just starting now. Now, that compares to the average reported growth of 25%. Three months ago, remember I told you the opening show where they always try to manipulate you? So three months ago, B, when this quarter started, they thought it was going to be 25%. Okay? 25%. Now it's 10.6%. That's what I mean by they seem to always do this. Now, for the first three quarters of the year, you know, what are they looking forward for 2019? What What is 2019 going to look, at, look like? And for the, I, we have the first quarter estimate for the S&P 500, and it's six, it's going to be 1.9%. That's the estimate for the S&P 500. Much, much less. Much, much less. Year over year, okay, year over year, we're only looking at like 6%. You know, so they're looking like 6% when this last year is closer to 25%, 27%. So the, you're looking forward, they're going to have much less growth. So now there's going to be certain sectors that look a lot better than other sectors. Actually, I think the oil sector might do well this year because it got beat up so much last year. I'm Steve Peasley. And this completes another InvestTop program. And I thank you for your loyal support, your calls, your questions. I really appreciate it. Have a nice evening, everybody. And I'll be back tomorrow. Please tell everybody about the show. Tell everybody you know. Okay. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1 800 557 5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24 hour listening line at 888 99 Chart.